This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. It's now 9:35 a.m. on Wednesday, the 27th of April. It's time now for the SM show. This is, of course, the show where we rant about everything that's working in markets and everything that's not. I'm Melissa Idris, and I've got Ibrahim Sani here with me. And our guest this week is James Hay, founder of the Penguin Fund. Good morning, James. Good morning. Okay, so Penguin is a specialized fund manager. It focuses on investing in Asia with a long-term value approach. So we're going to be looking at your method of investing in great detail today, James. I hope you're ready to defend it to the death. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best. So, yeah. so let's start with um, just just outline for us your philosophy when it comes to uh, investing for Penguin. Well, I, I think that there's a, there's a big difference between investing and speculating. And I think many people who are involved in the stock market are speculating. Um, I think investing means long term. You have to buy something and hold it. That's an investment. Um, in, people are very good at being long term about property. And, 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 and property guys quite often say, don't wait to buy land, buy land and wait. And I think one should take the same approach to owning shares. Yeah, so there's some golden rule of uh, thumb, uh, rule of thumb, or golden rules investing. Um, and one thing interesting that w- that I read is that there's a lot of things that is being confused with investing. One of them is do not confuse economics with investing, do not confuse politics with investing. Um, and is this you know how how serious do we take this? Wait, hang on. Rule? You you left out the most important rule, which the one that caught me by surprise. Your third golden rule is do not confuse markets with investing. James, explain. <laughs> okay, so so most people talk about the market, and I you know, and, and in Malaysia people say the market's good when it's gone up and bad when it's gone down, and I always think it's the other way around. Um, when you're making an investment in a company, you're not making an investment in a market. So, say for example, I really like Nestle in Malaysia. It's, it's an example. We all know Nestle. Um, it's one of the strongest companies in in not just in, in Malaysia, but in, in, in this part of the world. Um, if I want to make an investment in Nestle for 20 years, it doesn't really matter what the market's doing. So everyone can be bearish, everyone can be bullish. Um, ideally, everybody's bearish, you'll get it cheaper. <laughs> um, but when everybody's saying, you can't buy it, the market's going to go down because we're worried about the Fed, we're about some bank in Portugal or Greece, we're uh, worried about Brexit, and all this irrelevant stuff that you hear all the time, if you focus on the fundamentals of Nestle and decide that it's cheap enough for the long term and this company's going to continue to grow, if you can get there, then you should just buy it. And every six months when you get another, another dividend, you should buy some more. And that's our approach to owning a company. Okay, so so just to walk through the three things that, the three um, golden rules that you've mentioned in your March newsletter, right? The don't confuse economics with investing, don't confuse politics with investing. How can we not do that okay. when, you know, all we talk about is right. the Fed Because and it's all anybody talks about, yeah. right? It's all anybody talks about is the Fed. But if you are running Nestle in this country, you've got to work out how to sell more Maggie Me than Mammy Me or... Um, <laughs> Or uh, Milo with or, Holics. Or, 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 or whatever. You have, to, you have to fight your competition. So when you get to work every day, you look, if, if you're the sales director of Nestle in this country, you look at your Maggie Me sales and you realize that Mammy have taken a bit of market share. Um, so how are you going to respond to that? Now, whether the Fed is going to raise interest rates in three months or lower them in three months is of no relevance. If Mammy have come out with a better product, with a better taste for less money, you have to respond to that. And this is what good companies do. Over 20 years or over five years or any time, People are going to be bearish on the economy. They're going to be bullish on the economy. Rates are going to go up and down. But good companies respond to what's always happening in the economy. Now, there is always a parameter in all my rules. Don't invest markets, 
politics or economics. You know, if things are absolutely calamitous, if there's a civil war going on, um, then perhaps one, one, one can say uh, maybe this isn't the best time to invest in. But again, that would be affecting company fundamentals. Most of the time, company fundamentals are not affected. Okay, so apart from civil war and, and strife, do you ever look at uh, what the Fed is doing, what central banks are doing before you make an investment decision? Have you ever done that in any case? Not really. Okay, okay. They're standing by his principles, this man. There is is a fourth rule here uh, saying that uh, a good... Just just, just coming back to that, right? Sorry to interrupt you. But you can get people on all the time and they can blether on about what the Fed's going to do because it's cheap and in the end there's no opinion and it's of no relevance, right? Anyone can talk about interest rates going up. That's what everybody writes about in their newsletters, but it's of no relevance to actually owning shares. Yeah, is that the reason why uh, there is some segments or some sectors that you invest in and other sectors that you leave out because of these speculators going on and on? Or, uh, you know, these analysts, they might be right, they might be wrong. Yeah, I mean, we don't invest in commodities because we don't know what they're going to do. Um, when oil was $100 a barrel, I think most people you ever had on here probably said it, so it's going to go to two, 200 right? When it fell to 40 they all said it would go to 20 um, It <laughs> went down a bit. went to 30 they all said it would go to 15 Now it's about 40 again. Nobody seems to know again, right? Some bullish, some bearish. I wish Nobody I could knows. go back to every analyst who's made a prediction about oil and held them to their word. I really want well, to go some, back and Some that. will be right, but yeah. we're wrong too. We, buy, we, we make bad investment decisions. I mean, it does happen, and we make some good ones as well. Okay, so, so a good investment... Uh, it, according to the golden rules of investing from Pangolin, um, is if you can get it at the wrong price. Yeah. What does that mean? The, 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 wrong, the wrong price means you're buying it too cheaply. Yeah? Uh, I, I, not the right price, but the wrong price. The markets give you the opportunity to buy at the wrong price occasionally. Um, like, like at the end of last year, when everybody was very bearish on Malaysia, we were buying companies at what I like to think is the wrong price. But there's a reason for that wrong price, because if everyone thinks that you know, the market is not good, that's when the price is yeah, wrong. Because if you just look at the fundamentals of the company right, and ignore the markets, rule number three, um, then you can get it at the wrong price, okay, you, you, from I, my point of view. I don't think we can divorce it because right now stocks are, are, are retreating in the US because there is a, a need for selling pressure. Apparently, there's a, there's a momentous uh, a momentum right now for profit-taking. That's why people are selling it right now. So that's when the price movement changes. Hence, if I want to invest, I still have to correlate it with the markets, uh, you know, in a way. What, what happens when markets crash, James? When markets crash, then, 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 then you need to go to your investors and say we need more money because things are really cheap. When markets crash, some things crash a lot more than others. Um, some stocks in our portfolio might fall. Say the market falls 50%. Some might go down 20 Some might go down 50 or 60 or, or more. Um, you have to look at what's cheapest. If you have no cash, you, what we did in 2008, for example, is we sold good companies in Singapore to buy incredibly bombed-out businesses um, in Indonesia. We liked the companies we sold, but we had no cash. Indonesia got so cheap at the end of 2008, be- beginning of 2009. And we had a huge bounce back in 2009. So there is this fifth rule that, that you have that means uh, it says stay invested. You have to be in it to win it. Uh, and this is basically talking about the time frame of investing, I suppose. Absolutely. It's the, it's the time frame. Um, and, and, and the returns from, from, from holding companies, good companies for a long time, are very high and compounding really begins to kick in after sort of 10 or 15 years that's when you get the really big gains when you keep reinvesting the the dividends okay Um, this this is where i have the most trouble maybe this is where you can help me classic wall street advice is that you have to know when to cut losses good investors know when to cut losses so how do you know that if you're using your golden rule of staying invested well you have you, you have to stay on top of your investments right so 
if, for example, Nestle, suppose, let's go to Nestle. If yeah, I own Nestle, um, this is a company, as, as Malaysians get richer, they're going to consume even more Nestle products than they are now. They'll start, it's already happening. Instead of paying one, one ringgit 50 for a um, um, Nescafe Panas, one, you're paying $10 for a cappuccino. As people <laughs> get richer, they spend more on Nestle products. It, it, it's, it's already happening. Now, if Nestle, for some reason, went off the boil and someone else came in and started, started taking all their market share, it would be a good reason to sell Nestle. So you have to stay on top of it, right? But just profit-taking for something's gone up on any long-term chart of any good company in Asia. And remember, Asia is growing, ASEAN is growing, Malaysia's still growing. Um, selling at what looks like a temporary spike over 10 years would, would, would not look very clever. Very quickly, we, we have this chart in your newsletter that draws back uh, present until all the way to 1993. And it shows that the you know 97 uh, economic crisis is just a blip. Uh, 2008 was just a blip. In fact, currently, um, it's you know the current situation that, ha- that is happening right now. It's, it doesn't impact your your profit taking. Is uh, this the so way to go for this long term twenty three? The 30 chart years? is for public bank. I might add. Ah. Yeah. So so I, I so I, I start public bank in, in in my last newsletter. The chart from nineteen ninety three until till the present. Um, now it would have been much better to to have waited until nineteen ninety eight at the low to have bought it rather than buying it in 1993. Actually, 1993 was about the same price, so mm. it didn't make much difference. But in those days, the price was about $2 something. It's close to 20. It's 19 something at the moment. So actually, your returns, even if you'd paid sort of four bucks at the high of 97 or so, um, you still made just about five times your money. And this is without dividends. I mean, it's probably averaged on around about 4% dividend yield on average in all these years, and it pays semi-annually so, so you can always reinvest so actually your, your returns are better than that chart if you that is in a it. beautiful chart right there you know it's a sexy chart there's also um, an article by the telegraph that you flagged to us james about how investors just simply cannot buy low and sell high yeah, and, and that's what gives the advantage to people who want to stay in the market for a long time and look purely at company fundamentals. Because when everybody's bearish and the market's low, that, that's when everybody sells their mutual funds. It's when they sell their stocks and, and they retreat because everybody else is, is doing the same thing. And that's when you're looking, if you're looking purely at, 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 at the underlying value of, of a business, that's when you can, that's when you can buy that company cheaply. Uh, yeah, so in this article, uh, they say that there is proof uh, that, uh, you know, this is not, the, this is the, the thing, where uh, they marked uh, January as one of the worst starts for global equity markets. Yeah, it was a bad start. Yeah, yeah. since the Great Depression. So this is the kind of things that, that you're mentioning, t- you know, we need to smoothen, smoothen this out uh, if we, we go long-term investing for companies. Well, if you're a long-term investor, actually January was a great time for investing <laughs> because you could buy <laughs> shares cheaply. And, and, and I was on, just before I went to the States a, a couple of months ago, um, I was on the radio station here and I went to the States, said, this is fantastic, you, you need to give me money now so I can buy. Um, and all of them said, oh, we're a bit worried still about this and that, and most of them didn't, but we got a bit. Yeah, so how do you cut out the noise? How do you cut out all the noise that says, the, uh, the short-term noise? You know, the market, just, the market just, is just, bad. Just, just because it's boring. Right? And it's, it's, it's of no interest to me. I mean, you, and you can spend all your time talking about something which is of little relevance to actually fundamental investing. And if it's not, if you're making any other investment, a non-listed investment, you wouldn't worry about what, what the market was doing yeah. so much. If you're a private equity, you look purely at the business. So you take that approach to a listed company. Yeah, okay. While we uh, f- have a focus on this, uh, the fundamentals of companies that you want to invest in, there's also another article that you flagged to us uh, by MarketWatch. It's basically saying how missing out on 25 days in the stock market over 45 years can cost you dearly. Um, if we are fo- uh, very much focused on the uh, fundamentals of a company, mm. why then um, 
should we be concerned about when to invest in and you know if we sit out yeah so wh- whatever point you come in yeah. if you're just looking at fundamentals it, it doesn't okay. matter what time should, right well as long as the fundamentals are okay as long as the company itself is trading cheaply enough i.e. at the wrong price to buy that's the important thing it's the price that you're making that investment okay so so this article and i found it really really quite interesting Time in the market and not timing in the market is what counts. Yeah. And you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what, what it showed was that if you'd owned the S&P for the last 45 years um, and you'd missed, uh, and, and so if, if, you, if you had missed the, the, the best 25 days in the last 45 years, which is 25 days out of whatever it is, 12,000, your return would have been 371% over 45 years as opposed to 1,910%. So the difference... Um, is, is phenomenal in, in, in how much wealth you accumulate. So it's best to be in there because you cannot, you don't know when the market's going to do well and most people wait for it to go. Just like now, yeah. our fund's up 10% this year and we're getting a lot more people wanting to invest. And, and like, they've missed out on 10%. Well, wh- one thing that, that took my interest was the regions on investment. Um, in the newsletter, you said that the fund invests about 90% of your funds in these four countries, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Thailand. Uh, between Malaysia and Indonesia, it forms two-thirds of your 90% investment. Does this mean that between Malaysia and Indonesia, there are strong companies here uh, in these two countries? Yes, there are lots of very good companies here. I mean, there are, I mean, there are, there are almost a 1,000 listed companies in Malaysia. Um, so if I always say if only 4% of them are any good, that gives me 40 companies I could own in this, in this country. Right? Indonesia, we probably own five or six in Indonesia and five, five or six here. We run a very concentrated portfolio. In 11 years, we've only ever owned 51 companies. So it's a matter of research. Um, and very occasionally decided so to buy something. So you'll never go above 20, 51, was it? Sorry, you said? Sorry, no, no, no. Currently, we own about 20. 20, okay. But about half the fund is, is, is in five or six, and about 70 or 80% of the fund is probably in 10 names. And, and the others, are we haven't really got, got, got enough in them. They're Does not that not, enough. I mean, do you no. ever think about diversifying no, or spreading no, because, that? No, because, because actually you manage your risk by hopefully getting your investments right and spending a lot of time analysing a company and deciding whether it's really, really cheap, that you're buying it cheaply enough um, that your downside is protected. Um, and, and, and then we take, I'm always told I should say large allocations rather than big bets, but actually then we take a big bet and, and we're very happy to put 10% of the fund into something if we can get it. So what, at what point do you decide to cut losses then, if there are losses? Well, we, 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 don't, we don't look at, pro- I mean, if, if I own a good company and the price goes down, that's fantastic. Because then I can buy more, more for less, okay. right? The price is going, getting wrong or wronger, right? So <laughs> that's fine. But if the business is changing, right? If the business's fundamentals are, do- are doing badly, right. then, then we can sell it. Or sometimes we make a mistake. Sometimes we buy a company and we realise that it's not quite what we thought it was going to be. Or the management aren't doing what they told us they're going to do. And then we will sell it. And we will sell it straight away. And w- w- once you, We've just sold something in Singapore. We, we got it wrong. It was a construction company. Very cheap. And it's trading at half of its NTA. Um, but... Its business is going nowhere at the moment, and we th- we think we can invest much better. Uh, on that point, on Singapore, you know, this number is very surprising for me because you only invest about sixteen percent of your total. Pr- well, that's fund. A sl- that's the lowest allocation. Yeah, the lowest allocation there. Does it mean that Singapore is not what it's you know used to be? Or, or well, we, we, you know, the the, the 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 growth is is actually outside of Singapore. It's in Asia, and actually, our, our Singapore number is skewed by Dairy Farm. 
uh, which is um, if you, you all know Giants and Cold Storage and Guardian here mm-hmm. um, Dairy Farm is a pan-Asian retailer that just happens to be listed in Singapore so that's an, and that's about 6, 6% of the fund or so so still okay. the business is in Malaysia actually it's in Malaysia Indonesia China yeah. okay let's talk let's talk about the currency volatility because that's interesting for me, I see this as a reason to watch the Fed and to watch market movements because any currency volatility will affect company earnings, will affect fundamentals, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're completely right. And, and there are times when, when companies are affected, um, it's beneficial to their business and, and times when it's bad for their business. But over the long term, good managements have to deal with currency volatility like they have to deal with everything else that life, life throws at them. Um, again, if you're Nestle and you're doing Milo, the price of sugar is going to go up and down, the price of cocoa is going to go up and down. I don't know what else they put in it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the for- I don't uh, really uh, want yeah, to know, yeah, to yeah, be honest. The, the foreign exchange is going to be going in your favour, it's going to be going out of your favour. But over a long time, good managements have to deal with that like they have to deal with something maybe, maybe the factory ca- catching fire or the lorry drivers going on strike or whatever else happening in, happens in real life. Um, and people who, who, who are selling Milo can't sit there and say, uh, I, a lot of investors say I'm not doing anything I'm worried about the Fed if you're selling Milo you can't say I'm not going to make any Milo today because I'm worried about the Fed you just have to deal with the, with, the, with the foreign exchange volatility and if you're in this part of the world it's something you should be pretty used to by now Okay, uh, and on that point, uh, Malaysian ringgit and Indonesian rupiah, which is correlating to the number of uh, companies they invest yeah. in, they uh, you know receded in value over the past twelve months. Uh, the ringgit lost five percent uh, for the past twelve months. Uh, rupiah also lost one one point two percent. Does this worry you? No, not at all. FDI, FDI in Indonesia is up seventeen percent, and this is without commodities investment. You can see what's happening, right? You talk to people who manufacture and export in this country; they'll tell you their orders are pretty strong. Look at exports of electronics to China recently. Um, I've got a friend with a cookie factory. They were they were selling cookies in this in in Malaysia. Now they're exporting to China because the ring gets depreciated. So it just happens, right? Currencies go up and down. It happens. Okay, it's now 9.55 a.m. Unfortunately, James, we've run out of time. You've been listening to The S&M Show with me, Melissa Idris, also Ibrahim Sani, and our guest today, James Hay, the founder of Pangolin Fund. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.